Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. Spirit of God, we avail ourselves this afternoon. All we are saying is have your way. Let your word come forth and accomplish the purpose for which you send it. Have your way amongst us. Speak to us. Spirit of God, use me as a vessel. I avail myself to you. I empty myself. You know my infirmities. You know my weaknesses. Therefore, O oh Lord, speak through me. Let it not be of man's wisdom, but let it be only the engrafted word of God that is able to change us, that is able to save us. Let our walk with you be lifted up to another level this afternoon. Give us understanding. Give us meaning. Speak to us, oh Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We bless you for this wonderful opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats? Wonderful. Well, on behalf of the presiding bishop, Bishop Dagiward Mills, I want to welcome all of you to this wonderful and beautiful sanctuary. I am so privileged to stand before the people of God to speak to them as a minister of the word. I am so blessed and honored that the people that Christ died for, he has chosen me to minister his word to them. And I see it as a great, great privilege and a blessing. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, today we want to bring to an end the series of messages that we began sharing this um, about a month or so ago, um, many are called. Many are called. I intended that we were going to summarize almost everything we have shared, but um, there is one particular chapter that I had skipped, and I think we should visit that chapter because um, as we read the scriptures, I believe there's There are so many things that the Lord is ministering to us. And that particular chapter is just full of scriptures. And it's wonderful. Now, the book Many Are Called is one of the books that our presiding bishop wrote. And um, we also want to share this from this book. And as I was sharing, as I was reading this also, 
it even gave me even more meaning and understanding why we have to share from this book. And so I think um, the Lord is going to speak to us. I believe strongly that the Lord is going to speak to us this afternoon. So let me have your full attention. Let there be minimum movement that will bless you this afternoon. Hallelujah. So we want to continue and we want to share from chapter 3. But before we do that, before we do that, I want us to read our foundational scripture from Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. It says, For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called to do the work of God, but few are chosen. Few people are chosen. Not that God selected out of the many that he chose and said, this one qualifies, that one does not. He invited many. God wants so many people to be involved in his work, in the work of the ministry. God desires that many, many people will be involved because the work is a lot. Christ intends to save the whole world. He says, do not, limit, do not limit the gospel just to the people in Jerusalem. You ought to go to Samaria. You ought to go to Judea. You ought to go to the outermost parts of the world. Hallelujah. And so, the 12 people that he was leaving, he did not intend that they would be the ones that would take the gospel to the outermost parts of the world. So, he needed many people. When once he met a large group of people and saw that so many of them are not saved, his heart went out. The Bible says he was filled with compassion. And he says, we should pray to the Lord of the harvest that he should send forth laborers. He should send forth laborers because the harvest is plenty. Truly, the harvest is plenty. And he needs many people to be involved in his work. Can I hear an amen? amen? And so he has called many people. And you wonder why few are chosen. The reason why few are chosen has been the reason why we have been sharing from this book for several weeks. And I believe that most of you have now realized that indeed God has chosen you also. Amen. Hallelujah. I said God has chosen you also. Amen. amen. God has called you and it's up to you to respond. Hallelujah. If we throw an invitation, it, if we send out an invitation to invite you to a wedding, we usually will say, respond, civil play. Isn't that so? And when you respond, then we include you in the list of the guests. And then we will find a table and reserve a chair for you with your name in that spot. Now that shows that these are the people who have responded to the call. So you will come to the wedding and then you wonder, oh, how come this person was not there? How come this person is not here? How come that person? They did not respond to the invitation. That is why they are not here. Hallelujah. And so if you respond to the invitation, you will by all means be included in the call. Hallelujah. So we want to share, we want to continue from chapter 3. 
and see how different people were called. How God calls different people. Amen. We realize that God is not a computer. God, does not, God is not a programmable computer that you put in this and then you get this out. Hallelujah. That whenever you put in this formula, this is what you get out. And you can do that repeatedly and get the same result. God is not a computer. So God has different ways of calling people. He calls people the way he likes. Hallelujah. And so we want to highlight some of the ways that he had called some people. And then you will see maybe your call is in this line or in that line also. Hallelujah. For instance, we see that Paul was urged, Paul was urging Timothy to look for people who have a desire to work for God. He said he should look for people. He says, if any man has a desire for the office of a bishop, he desires a good thing. That is a good thing. Do not neglect such a person. Bring that person in. Let that person qualify and then look for the characteristics of that person. Whether he keeps his home well, whether he's a, a man who has only one wife, whether he is able to manage his children, whether he's able to do this, he's not an alcoholic, he's not this, he's not that. But the most important thing, the primary thing was the desire. That is what Timothy was taught. But in the life of Moses, we see how Moses did not have any desire for the ministry. In fact, as God was inviting him, he was running away, making all sorts of excuses. He did not have any desire. Then Moses left alone, God should have chosen someone else. Hallelujah. Yet, God did not overlook that, that this man does not have a desire. Still, God had called him, and God used another method of calling Moses also into the ministry. Hallelujah. So the first person that we want to look at, the first one is the divine call of Paul, the divine call of Paul through quiet convictions. The divine call of Paul through quiet convictions. Hallelujah. Through quiet convictions. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16. It says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Hallelujah. It says, For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Do you see? So Paul had this conviction that he, by all means, has to preach the gospel wherever he is. No matter what the situation, no matter how dangerous it was, he felt he had a conviction that I must by all means preach the gospel. I must by all means be in a certain way, be a kind of man so that I will preach the gospel to this particular group. I have to be this kind of man so I can preach the gospel to, I have to adapt every kind of life so that I'll be able to preach the gospel. Now that is a conviction that Paul had. Hallelujah. And without conviction, without such conviction, you may not survive the different experiences and the trials and battles that await those who are committed to the work of the Lord. 
If you don't have conviction, if you don't have such conviction, you will soon find out that you are backing off from doing the work of God. Because there await you persecution and trials as you mount up to do the work of God. Hallelujah. The conviction of not missing any meetings. Some of you have that conviction. You have a conviction that you don't want to miss church meetings. When you are missing a church meeting, it troubles you so much. Not because of your pastor who will ask of you. Hallelujah. Not because the pastor will look for you, but you have such personal conviction. That is why even a meeting that the pastor is not there, you are still going. Because you have that personal conviction. You are not coming because you want to mark your name. You are not coming because you want to be seen. But you have a conviction that I, if the children of God are gathering, I must not forsake the assembly. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And you have that conviction. Some of you, you happen to have to work on certain Sundays. And you are at work and you are so not at peace. There are some people, when they are at work, they are texting me, Reverend, I miss church so much. I can imagine what is going on. Somebody just traveled and you, the person was at home on Tuesday. They didn't have, they didn't have a service. And, but the, texting me, I miss church. Oh, Tuesday, I can imagine what is happening. I can imagine this. And your mind is here. It's a conviction. Hallelujah. It's a conviction. There are some of you who are not going for the camp because of reasons way beyond your control. And it troubles you so much. You are so sad. It bothers you so much. But there are others that are saying, Reverend, you know, it's not my fault. Though. I would have gone, but you know the people. You see, and it's, it's that. It's not like it troubles you personally that you are not able to go. Hallelujah. You have a conviction to do something for God. Follow that conviction. I say follow that conviction. It is God who is calling you. That thing that is in you, that makes you worry so much when something is happening concerning the church and you are not involved. It is God who is calling you. It is a call. I say it is a call. I say it is a call. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you, when you are coming to church and you are late, you are so anxious, you are, you are so troubled that you are going to your father's house and you are late. It is conviction that you have. Hallelujah. When you have conviction, you don't have, we don't have to chase you. We don't have to follow you up. We don't have to give you reasons why you have to follow up people. Reasons why you have to visit people. 55 reasons why you have to do your quiet time. 10 reasons why when somebody comes to church, follow the person up. You see, when you have a conviction, no one tells you to do that. No one tells you to do that. Whether there is a reward or no reward, you are doing it. You You don't need a reward for that. And there are some people like that. There are some people, it just troubles them. Why are we not having this? Reverend, can we do this? Can we have this meeting? Can we, can we sit these people down and share this with them? Can we gather these people? Reverend, this person did not come to church and I have been calling and calling and calling. I don't know what is happening. Can we find out from this one or that one? It, it troubles you. It troubles you. But there are others also, they don't know who came to church or who did not come. 
It's a conviction and I am telling you that it is a call of God upon your life. Hallelujah. It is a call of God upon your life. There are some people who has also a, some, some, form of, some, some form of a character and a behavior that they are actively working for God. You see active working, but it's not true conviction. It is not true conviction. There are some people that are doing it because of, because of title. You see, they want the title. They want to be called a pastor or a lady pastor. They want to be called this or that. They want to be called a shepherd. And that is the reason why they are doing what they are doing. Not that they have personal conviction. I remember there was a brother who came to the church once. And the brother was with actively working, you know, always with me. Well, let us go off for this visitation. Let us do this. Let us do that. Reverend, I want us to do this. I, want, I even want to come to your place. I want to do this. I want to. That is why I don't allow people to come to my place, you know. It's, for what? I want to do this. I want to do that. And I said, wow, this brother, you know, he's really not knowing that he had an agenda. And you see, anyone who has such a zeal for the work, you find out, you find out at the end, when they get the agenda, that they leave. This brother was just looking for a wife. Looking for a wife and wanted a woman to see how, how convicted, how, how, uh, how active he is, how spiritual he is, how good he is with the ministry, how serious. Because look, the fact of the matter is that all the women, they are looking for someone who is spiritual. You see, the women, they are afraid of you are cheating on me. They want that peace of mind. Do you see? So they want, they want the peace of mind. As soon as this brother get that woman, Otilong, you know what is Otilong? It means he left. I did, and I said, what did I do? What happened? What, I, you see, then sometimes you are troubling yourself. What did I do as a pastor? What did I say? What happened? And you are troubling yourself, but you come to find out that it was not true conviction. It's not true conviction. Hallelujah. Sometimes you see a woman also seriously, actively working, singing. We are having prayer meeting. The woman is there. The woman will not go home. I said, hey, the Actively staying late, Reverend. Hey, involved in every ministry. Sometimes they come to your Reverend. Can, is there anything that you want me to do? I say, Wow. The woman has a conviction, not really, not knowing that he she wants to be seen as a as a as a potential spiritual wife. The moment she married, that's it. And you see, sometimes we are also, you know, we are human. And it's not everything that the Lord reveals to the man of God. The Bible says that we also see through the light dimly. We see dimly sometimes through the glass. So you think that the person is convicted and then you, oh, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And then that moment the marriage comes in, oh. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody? No real conviction. The second one is the divine call of Abraham through the word of the Lord. The divine call of Abraham through the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred 
and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed so so the bible says so so just the word of the lord so abraham departed as the lord had spoken unto him and lot went with him and abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of them hallelujah abraham just heard the word of god he just heard the word of god the bible says he just heard and he departed as the Lord had spoken, as the Lord had spoken, he departed. Now, the promise of the blessings upon Abraham's life was contingent upon Abraham's response to the calling. Do you see? He says that, he says, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. It sounds like somebody who is being sent to a, a mission. Being sent to a, mission, a missionary field. Leave your job. Leave your, 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 your relatives. Take your wife and children and just move. And onto a land that I will show you. You don't know where the Lord is taking you. But he says, go and I will, I will lead you onto a land that I will show you. And Abraham packed and went based on just the word of God. Not knowing, not knowing where he was going. Hallelujah. He said, Abraham just packed his things and he left. He left to go to where the Lord was leading him and believing the word of God. Believing the word of God. Sometimes the word of God comes and then you feel that this word is for you. This word is in line with your life. And you feel that you, you have that, that need, that the Lord is really calling you. But you just throw it out. But Abraham, just the word of God. Not seeing, just the word of God. Hallelujah. Some of us, we want to see the blessing first before we respond. We want to see that God has blessed us. So we say, Lord, if you help me finish school, I will serve you. Lord, if you help me go through this particular class, this pharmacology class, it's very difficult. If you help me pass my biochemistry class. If you help me get into this nursing program. I will serve you. And all your prayers, all your prayers, you are praying that God will help you get into the nursing program. But God is also saying, just join the choir. Just join the choir. If you join the choir, he says, he, says, he told Abraham, he says, he says, you just move, leave your kindred. From your father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And then he put a column. It says, and, and I will make of thee a great nation. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You are focused on getting married. And all that you are focused on is 
getting married and praying that the Lord will bless you with a nice husband. Lord will bless you with a spiritual, a powerful Christian husband. And so all that you do, just dress nicely. And you come in a church. And after church, you just walk around. And walking around the person that you think it should be the one. But all that God is saying is that stand in the choir and sing. Don't worry about what you are wearing. Wear what the choir is wearing. If they are wearing black, wear black. If they are wearing green, wear green. Don't worry. Just stand in the choir. And the man that I have for you, he is sitting in the congregation. When you lift up your hand like this, that man will see you. And at the end of the service, he will go to the pastor and inquire. Reverend, (laughs) Reverend, I don't know how to say it. But there's something that is doing me. But I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Reverend, excuse me to say it. I don't know why we say that. But we are going to say what we are going to say. Amen. Hallelujah. He said the blessing is contingent upon your response to the call. Amen. Hallelujah. It's consistent. Amen. Amen. But you want the Lord to bless you before you do what he wants. He said, if you help me finish school. And now he has, fin- he has helped you. You have finished school. If you help me find a job. Lord, if only you help me find a job. I have finished school, but I am still doing living. If you can help me find a good job, I can serve you properly. And then you find a job for you. Lord, now the next thing is a husband. If only I can be settled. When I know I am settled, I have a husband. When I'm coming to church, I'm sitting in the front of my husband's car and he's driving me. Then I can serve you. I can be in church on time. I will not be late anymore. If only you can find me a husband that has a car. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? And the Lord will bless you with a husband. And the next thing you want are children. Lord, if only you bless me with children. That's the only thing that is holding me from the work. If I am done with having my children, then Lord, I can really, really serve you properly. Hallelujah. Isn't that the story? Isn't that what we do with the Lord? If he will only help you find a husband. If only he will find a child for you. If only he will give you children. Hallelujah. Now you have, you have finished school. You have a job. You have a husband. You have a husband that has a car. You have children. And now you want a better job. Lord, if you give me a better job than what I have now. Then I can do A, B, and C. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you that the blessing is contingent upon your response to the call. Some of you will hear that, oh Lord, if only you give me my papers. If you give me my papers. But you are not doing anything, anything that the Lord wants. Who said that you cannot do the work of God without your papers? Amen. Who said that? Abraham, he said, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. The Bible says, by faith, by faith, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, when he was what? Called, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Not knowing where he was going. Some of you, you want to see before you take. You want to marry the guy, but you are not sure. This guy, the way he looks, the way he, his head is, 
you are not sure if he, he, he is now planning to go to school. He doesn't look like he's going to be successful. Can he really take care of me? The way his head is, you know, even his haircut and his style. You have no faith. Amen. Some of you also, you say, oh, I want a sister who has finished nursing school. I want a sister, no, and, no, and he has finished nursing school, but she doesn't have a job. No, no, I don't want that one. I want the one who has finished nursing school and has a job. You are not a man of faith. What about you? What about you? What about you also go to nursing school? Hallelujah. You are not sure. You are not sure if the guy will be successful in life. You want someone who has finished school already and has a degree and has a job. Settle. You are a man, you are married, you are looking for a wife. You want someone who has microwave and has fridge and has rice cooker. Mercy on you. Hallelujah. You are a Christian. The Bible says we walk, we walk not by sight. We walk by faith. Hallelujah. We walk by faith. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 8. It says, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. It says, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And then when you reverse the scripture, there's another one in Job chapter 8 and verse 7. There's another one in Job chapter 8 and verse 7. Look at that one. You see, these two scriptures, I don't know why. One is verse 7 and 8. The other one is verse 8 and verse 7. Job chapter 8 and verse 7. Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end will be greatly magnified. Hallelujah. So, don't look. Look, you are a Christian. You want what you want to marry. What you are looking for is a God-fearing woman. A God-fearing man. Hallelujah. Someone who hears the voice of God. Hallelujah. The next one is the divine call of Jacob through a dream. The divine call of Jacob through a dream. Hallelujah. The divine call of Jacob through a dream. When you read in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 12, it says, And Jacob went out from Bathsheba, and he dreamed, and behold... And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. And will bring thee again unto this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And the Bible says, And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely 
the Lord is in this place and I knew not. And I knew it not. Hallelujah. Jacob just had a dream and he saw angels ascending and descending. He saw angels ascending and descending and he believed in the dream. He valued the dream. He cherished the dream. And he says, surely, surely, the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. And he built an altar right there, believing that this was God really calling him. Some of us had had dreams. But you see, you believe in a dream that you want to believe in. You don't believe in a dream where you say you, 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 were, you, were, you were there and then somebody came and then the person was just walking by and then the person just handed you a Bible. And then you don't know why. You just opened the Bible and then people just surrounded you. You don't take that as a call of God. You don't take that as a call of God because you don't believe in that dream. But when you dream and then you dream and then there was a big mansion and then you walk in the mansion and then somebody handed you a key. And then you come, Reverend, what does that mean? You know what that means. But the dream that you are holding a Bible and people were around you, you have forgotten about that dream. But Jacob valued this dream. Let me tell you, when you dream, when you have a dream and you value the dream, when you cherish the dream, then the dream will come to pass in your life. Several years later, in Genesis chapter 35, Verse 1, look at this. Genesis chapter 35, verse 1. After Jacob had had this dream, many years later, the Lord appeared to him and said, Then God said to Jacob, Get ready and move to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to the God who did what? Appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. Do you see? Because he valued that dream. Because he built an altar so that he would not lose the sight. He said, God was here. Some of you, you, had, you slept in, maybe you slept in a hotel room and the, the, God spoke to you there. Some of you, 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 you bought a particular pillow. You, this man, he made pillows from stones. And he says, he laid, he built an altar there. Sometimes there are some pillows that you sleep on, you had certain dreams. You, ch- you, you, you change it. You sleep with your husband. Each time you sleep on this pillow, you have to switch with him. Switch. Don't tell him. Just sleep on that pillow all the time. Look, little, little things like this. L- tell God that you cherish what he's revealing to you in dreams. It tells God that you cherish what, and you wake up and you are praying about this dream. You are not praying because you, you dream, and it's not about you dream, and you heard the wedding bells, and they were singing, and someone was wearing a white gown with a lace. You couldn't see the face, but it looked like you. You know, you are not sure, but it looked like you. That has been your prayer since then. But the call that God is calling you, you are not valuing it. Let's value our dreams. Hallelujah. I say, let's value our dreams. The next one, the divine call of Moses through an unusual and unnatural occurrence that drew his attention. The divine call of Moses through an unusual and unnatural occurrence that drew his attention. Hallelujah. 
the divine call of Moses. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 3, it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. The bush burned with fire, but it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not bent. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see. When the Lord saw that this unnatural occurrence, Eric, was something that tickled the man's attention. When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see. He says, then God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said Moses, Moses and he said here am I and he said draw nigh hither, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off the feet for the place thereon thou standest is holy ground moreover he said I am the God of thy father the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Hallelujah. Now Moses could have just walked on by. Moses could have just walked on by and ignored and said, wow, what a strange sight, and just walk on by. But he turned aside to see. And when he turned aside to see, that is when God began to speak to him. When Moses paid attention to this unnatural occurrence, That is when God began to speak to him. Have you encountered any unnatural, any unusual occurrence in your life? Sometimes you occur, something unusual just happens. Even the way you obtain your visa. You you yourself, you say that, Reverend, it was so strange. It was so unnatural. It was just, I, I, I could not just understand it. Have you pondered over it and say, maybe God was doing something in your life? That it didn't happen to anyone but you. The way you met your husband. The way you met your wife. So unusual. So, and you can say that this is not the natural way that we meet husbands. This is not the natural way we meet wives. This is not the natural way. So unusual. Something unusual that happens to you. Sometimes you see you were involved in an accident. You were involved in an accident and something so unusual that you, you were saved. My mother was involved in two accidents that about 29 people died and she did not have a scratch on herself. It's an unusual occurrence. It's an unusual occurrence. And she never ceased talking about it. Two times. People died bloody here. They came and they thought she was dead. But she just got got up. They took her to the hospital. Such, such an unusual occurrence. Unusual occurrence. That the Lord delivers you. Amen. 
that the Lord delivers you. I remember one time I was showing you about a video of a, a man of God who was in a car in South Africa, one of our pastors, in, a, in an accident. The car was just about to crash on. And then he said, somebody, a, a, a stranger who was in the other car with his daughter, they saw this person just came and then grabbed him out. Such an unusual occurrence. See that the Lord has a plan for your life. Amen. See that the Lord has a plan for your life. For someone who was childless, childless, you could not have a child. You could not have a child. Try not that you are not trying. Trying and trying and trying. Could not have a child. And the Lord has blessed you with three healthy children. You should see that it's a natural occurrence. You should see that it's an unnatural occurrence. Amen. I see so many unnatural occurrences, man. I have came to settle in my life that I don't have a child. I will not have a child. And that the Lord has blessed me with three, three healthy children. It's a blessing and it's an unnatural occurrence. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? See the unnatural occurrences and draw your attention to it. And say, this accident that the Lord delivered me from. But you see, you have even forgotten. I believe by now some of you are remembering on a highway how some accident just happened three minutes before you got there. And about eight cars all were involved. And when you got there, they, everything has happened already. It's an unusual occurrence. Amen. Amen. The place that you drive every day. One, one day I was driving to work on the 87 and I was coming early morning. I was coming and as soon as I got out of my, the house to get my car, I remembered I left something. And I ran up and I was upset with myself. I went up to grab the thing and I came down and I, I'm driving. I said, I have to beat the bridge before it gets full. And few minutes as I took in, a wild accident. Accident. The same place that I was going to pass. It just happened. And I was the first car that came to on the accident. It's an unusual, an unusual occurrence. It's an unusual. And such a thing should draw my attention. And should let me ponder over it and say, Lord, you delivered me. Why did you save me? Why have you kept me? There is something that you want me to do for you. Hallelujah. Let us pay attention to such unusual occurrences that the Lord does in our lives. Amen. 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 The way things work out for you, even you are coming into this country. The way things happen, the way things just happen. It's unusual. It's unnatural. And since you have been in the country, the way God has caused things to work out for you in this country. The way God has caused things to work out for you. You should see that there are many people who came just that way. There are many people who have lived where you live. There are many people who have worked where you work. There are many people who have the same qualification just as you have. There are many people that you went to school with and how things have worked out for you. You should see such an unusual occurrence in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Cases that doctors gave up. Cases that doctors gave up. But the Lord lifted you up from the miry clay and placed you on a solid ground. Hallelujah. You should see that the hand of God is upon you. 
and ask, Lord, what can I do for you? Amen. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? Or you don't like my message? Oh, I am preaching to you. I believe I'm preaching a good message to you. The divine call of Aaron through Moses. The divine call of Aaron through Moses. Exodus chapter 4. Let's read from verse 10. Exodus chapter 4. And verse 10. It says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Do you see? God is calling Moses. God is calling Moses to do a particular task. And that task involves speaking to great people, speaking to kings in a palace. It involves speaking to people who are eloquent. Hallelujah. It involves speaking to executives. Amen. And so Moses figured that if I am to stand before such people, because Aaron, Moses, he had lived in a palace before. And he knows the kind of people who go before Pharaoh to speak. So he says, no, 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 Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. You see, and you will think that if there is a deficiency in you, as you encounter God, as he calls you, then you should fix that deficiency. And a lot of times, we feel like that. If God has really called him, then he should not have this weakness. If God has really called him, why is he still like this? If God has really called him, why does he still have this behavior? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So Moses admitted, he says, not since you spoke to me, not since I encountered you, this thing has not changed. The next verse, he says, and the Lord said unto him, who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or or seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Don't you think I know that you have a mouth that cannot speak? Don't you think that I, may, I know how you talk? Don't you think I know all these things before I called you? Who made your mouth? Who made the one who cannot speak? And the one who speaks eloquently? Who made them? He says, not I, God. I made all of them. Hallelujah. He says, I made all of them. I made the one who can speak. And then verse 12, he says, Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Do you see? He says, I will be with thy mouth, and I will teach you what you will say. And he said, Oh my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. He says, send someone else. Please. God has promised. He says, I will be with thy mouth. Don't worry about your stuttering. Don't worry about the fact that you don't speak well. Don't worry about the fact that you are not a good orator. He says, I will be with thy mouth. And then he said, verse 14. He says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, it's not Aaron the Levite, thy brother. I know that he can speak well. 
Listen to this very carefully. God said, it's not Aaron, the Levite. Aaron was the Levite in the priestly line. And he said, I know Aaron that he can speak well. And he also is in a priestly line. God knew about Aaron. God knew that Aaron qualifies, but he called Moses. God knew that Aaron had something that Moses did not have, but he called Moses. And he says, I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. Look, the weaknesses that you have, God is aware of them, and he has made room for them. I say, God has made room for them. I say, God has made room for them. You are having a difficult marriage. It's that reason why you cannot serve God. God has made room for that. I say, God has made room for that. You are single and you are still not married at age 32 and you are worried. God has made room for that. He is just telling you to respond to the call. Hallelujah. You don't have a job. He still wants you to respond to the call. You're still struggling with your rent, but he still wants you to respond to the call. Hallelujah. He knows your weaknesses. He says, look, I know that you cannot speak, but I have made room for that. Aaron, your brother, is on your way. He's on the way. He says, I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet you. He cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. Because God is the one that has touched his heart to help you. Anyone who is helping you in the ministry, who is not glad in his heart, God has not chosen him to help you. I am telling you that. Anyone who is not glad in his heart. The Bible says that God touched, when God anointed Saul, he touched the hearts of certain men and they just followed Saul. But he came to a place where there were other people that met him. They didn't bring him gifts because God had not touched their hearts. They were not pleased that Saul was anointed a king. So he said he was glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak, listen. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. Listen very carefully. He says, and thou, you Moses, you see, God is calling Aaron. Do you see? God is calling Aaron. Aaron was just there. All he realized was that the spirit was leading him to a place. God was calling him. And he didn't know where he was going, but he was going to Moses because God had arranged that he come to meet Moses where he was. So he says, and thou shalt speak unto him. That means Aaron shall speak unto Moses. This is God speaking. And put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what he shall do. God will teach Moses what Aaron shall do. Is somebody, am, I, am I losing somebody here? God, I want you to listen very carefully. He says, I will teach him, I will teach you what he, what ye shall do. What ye shall do. And the next verse, he says, and he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. And he shall be, even he be to thee instead of a mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of God. Wow. 
Wow. Wow. Wow. He said, you will be, he said, you, you will be to Aaron as a mouth. And he says, he, he will be to you as a mouth. And you will be to him as a God. You will be to your assistant as a God. The assistant, he will receive from you as though he is receiving from God. You know, in this church, sometimes people wonder, ah, is Bishop Dag a God? Is he a God? Is he a God? God has called him, and he has called certain assistants. God knows what he cannot do. God knows his weaknesses. God knows that there are certain things that he's deficient of. And God will call people who will help him. God will call people who will help him accomplish what God has called him to do. He's not a God. And he would will, he have will loved to be here to minister this book, this word to you. But he cannot be here because he's only one man. He cannot be everywhere. And so God has called several assistants to be to him as a mouth, to be to you a mouth of the bishop. And we will be to him as God. He will be as God to me. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So if you do not understand these scriptures, then you talk by heart. Be careful sometimes how you talk. Be careful sometimes how you open your mouth to speak against the man of God. Be careful. Because there are some people that rose up and they spoke against the man of God. The Bible says that Aaron and Miriam, they rose up and they spoke against the man of God. Sometimes you join people and you just speak by heart. The Bible says that Aaron was spared. Aaron was free. But Miriam, he became a leper. He was leprous, as white as snow. Because he was a Levite in a priestly line. And what they spoke about was true. It was a fact. Sometimes it's true. You are seen. But be careful when you talk about the man of God. Sometimes you gather with people and then you are talking and talking, 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 talking. Talking and you are talking anyhow. You sit in car. Somebody has just given you a right. So that you feel that the person should give you a right all the time. You think you should give him some news. You begin to just talk, 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 talk. All those things you talk in the car. Be careful. So that he will always give you a right. You feel you have to talk. Why? Look, everyone has different homes. So We are all coming from different homes. Aaron was spared. Miriam became leprous. You, your household, only libation, pouring libation, and your aunt, your grandmother, everyone, none of them is a prayerful person. And you are talking with someone whose family, they have prayed uh, all their life. They have prayed uh, every day, praying, praying. They have covered him in the blood. So he opens his mouth to say something, nothing happens to him. You open your mouth, you will see. Open your mouth, you will see. Hallelujah. He says, I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and, uh, and with his mouth and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. 
That means Aaron may not directly hear God's voice. But he will always hear God's voice through the man of God. I say he will always hear God's voice through the man of God. And you may not like the man of God's style. Do you see? Aaron may not like the man of God's style. Oh, ha, this church. Oh, this, this pastor that he stutters. When he's talking, he's stuttering. He, one word. It takes him about a minute before he gets it. And that was Moses. So you don't feel the power. He doesn't speak like he's anointed. When he's speaking, he's spitting, you know? So you don't see powerful words coming from him. You don't see that he's anointed. But you will realize that his words are God's words to you. And you may want to hear God directly. You may wait on God. You may never hear God. But if you come before this man, you will always hear God's voice. I say you will always hear God's voice. You will always hear God's voice. And that is how God has arranged things. That is your calling. That is Aaron's calling. So Aaron's calling was contingent. Aaron's calling depended on what God had called Moses to do. If God had not called Moses to lead the people out of Egypt, God would not have needed Aaron. I am teaching you something. I hope you get it. I'm teaching you something. Some of you, your calling, your calling is in my, your calling is embedded in my calling. I say, some of you, your calling is embedded in my calling. And the words that you will speak to people will be my words to you as though God is talking to you. And if you will take my words and then you will use those words, you will see that people are looking at you and they are hearing God's voice. Meanwhile, it is my message that you are sharing. I'm sharing something powerful with you. You try it. Some of you have counseled you so many times with certain things and I've shared certain things with you. Try, use that counseling. Use that, the same counseling to counsel another person. Some of you, you have gone on visitations with me and I've shared certain things with certain people and you've heard them. Try, use them. The people will look at you as though they are hearing God talking to them. Yes. That is why you should desire to be closer to the man of God that God has given you. Say, he shall be to you like God. Hallelujah. It shall be to you like God. God knew that he was calling Moses. God knew he had called Moses. And he needed Aaron to help him to do the thing that God has called him to do. Because God will not call any man who is all sufficient. God will not call any man who does not need any help. He will always call someone who has some weakness somewhere. He will always call someone who needs other people to do certain things for him. Hallelujah. I want you to listen very carefully. Because this is where many people get confused. And it leads to a lot of church confusion and breakdowns and divisions. This particular issue. That sometimes people don't even understand. Why did we send this person out? Why did we take this person out? Oh, this person was doing this, this person was doing that, this person was doing that. God knows, God knows. When, and sometimes when somebody comes in, you don't think, you don't understand why. God knows the person has something that is needed at a time. Something that is needed. That's something that the main pastor needs at a time. And he will bring someone else in. Hallelujah. This is a big problem. That the one who was called 
to assist, can do something that the main pastor cannot do. It confuses a lot of people. It confuses a lot of people. That you are an assistant, but you, you seem to be able to do this well, better than the pastor. God knows that. I say, God knows that. God knows that. That is why he called you to assist. That is why he called you to help. So you are able to visit people. You are able to call people. And uh, you say, oh, the pastors, they don't have time for you. You know, they don't, they don't call you. They don't visit you. They don't do this. They don't do... God knows what you can do. And God knows that that help is needed. Don't confuse your calling. Do not confuse your calling. Do not confuse your calling. Don't confuse. Don't make any mistake of your calling. That is what God called you to do. He wants you to help. He knows that Moses cannot speak well. He knows that Moses cannot speak well. Hallelujah. That is a waste of God. He will never call anyone who is 100%. Amen. Amen. So you'll be confused. Look at Exodus chapter 7. Exodus chapter 7 and verse 8. Exodus chapter 7 and verse 8. He says, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Then the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Give me the New Living Translation just so we we can... um." He says, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Pharaoh will demand, listen very carefully, God said to Moses and Aaron, Pharaoh will demand. This is the demand that will come from Pharaoh. Show me a miracle. Pharaoh will ask for a miracle. The church members will ask for a miracle. Winnie, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He said, show me a miracle. If you say God has really sent you, show me a miracle. Who did God call first? Who was the main pastor? Are you listening to the message or you are sleeping? Moses. So Moses and Aaron appear before Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh demands for, he says, show me a miracle. And God says, when he does this, say to Aaron. When, when Pharaoh demands a miracle, when Pharaoh wants to see that God has indeed called you, when Pharaoh wants to see that you are a powerful man of God, Then turn and say to Aaron, take your staff. The staff is Aaron's. The staff belongs to Aaron. He says, take your staff and throw it down in front of Pharaoh and it will become a serpent. Hallelujah. The next verse. He said, so Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh. And did what the Lord had commanded them. They did exactly what the Lord had commanded them. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials. And it became a serpent. Now, when you, if you were standing in the palace, you were on top of the, uh, 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 the balcony and you were standing in the palace... And then Pharaoh said, show me a miracle. If God has really called you, show me a miracle. And then you turn to, Moses turns to Aaron and says, Charlie, it'd be hard though. Let's do what the Lord said. 
you see, and you are standing there. And then Moses, Aaron takes the staff and he puts it down and it turns to a serpent, becomes a snake. What would you say? Aaron is powerful. Aaron is called. Aaron is anointed. God has really indeed called Aaron. Aaron is an anointed minister. For this Moses, we do not know who he is. But this Aaron, he is anointed. He has power. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? I say this is the confusion that comes in churches. And assistants, they feel that they have power. They feel that the people like them. They feel that, you see, God has given you that flair. God has given you the ability to interact with church members. That you can gather the people. You see, sometimes God has given you that assistant position. That you can gather the women. You can mobilize the women. You can get them to do anything that you want. And so you feel that you are the ogre. You are called. You are the one that God has really called. As for this one, the women don't listen to her. It is me that the women listen to. And it gets into your head. And you get confused. But you do not know that your calling is embedded in someone else's calling. And you get confused with that. And you don't understand it. So you always make yourself, I am the one. Even when that person is there, you want to belittle the person. Because it is you who has a staff. It is you who puts stuff down and it becomes a serpent. It is you who picks it up and it changes. I hope I'm speaking to somebody this afternoon. It says, Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials. And they all saw it, that he became a serpent. Verse 19, go to verse 19. Quickly, quickly, let's. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, take your staff and raise your hand over the waters of Egypt, all its rivers. You see, and the Lord said to Moses, do you hear? And the Lord said to Moses, who is hearing God's voice? And the Lord said to Moses, and the Lord said to Moses, he says, and the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, Take your staff. Take your staff. Aaron, Moses did not have a staff. He says, take your staff. The staff that you have. The staff that everyone has seen you carrying. Every time they see you carrying, take that same staff. God, he's wonderful. eh? You need to serve him more. You need to read the scriptures and study the scriptures. That is why you are in this church. I said, that is why you are in this church. And we will teach you the word of God so that you don't get confused. When you go out. He says, then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, take your staff and raise your hand over the waters of Egypt. All its rivers, the canal, the ponds, and all the reservoir. Let all the people around the river bank as they are bathing, as they are fetching water, as they are washing, all of them, they will see, lift up your staff, Aaron. Tell Aaron to lift up his staff. They will all see the staff. And they will all see where the power is coming from. He says, lift up your staff. Raise your staff and over, your, your hand, over the waters of Egypt. All its rivers, canals, ponds, and all the reservoirs. Turn the water to blood. Listen. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, 
turned the water to blood. Have you read the scriptures like that before? So you are confused. And then you say, ah, it looks like the assistant is more powerful than the main pastor. It looks like the assistant, he, he knows how to handle people better than the pastors. It looks like the assistant, he, he, has, he has a zeal for the work more than the pastor. He has the ability to mobilize people. He said, turn all the water to blood. Everywhere in Egypt, the water will turn to blood. Even the water stored in wooden bowls and stone parts. Verse 20. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Look, if you are a main pastor and you will do just as the Lord commands you and that you will not also look for power, you will not also show that you are the one with the power. I am the one. I am the one that has the power. So Aaron, you don't need to give me the staff. Give me the staff. I can do it myself. Because it looks as if the people think you are the one with the power. But Moses and Aaron, they just, just as the Lord had commanded them. Just as the Lord had commanded them. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. As Pharaoh and all of his officials watched. Look at that. As Pharaoh and... Look, Moses, he was growing up in the same place that Pharaoh grew up. And he knew Moses running around, wooing, butt naked, all sorts of things. He saw all of that. So he saw Aaron raise his staff. Struck the waters of the Nile. Suddenly, the whole river turned to blood. What power? Who has the power? Let me give you maybe one or two more, and then we can close. The divine call of this is the last one for today. So, I mean, for this series. The divine call of Joseph through his childhood dreams. Amen. Through his childhood dreams. The divine call of Joseph through his childhood dreams. The Bible says Joseph had a lot of dreams. He dreamed that he was with his brothers and they were tiring brooms. And all his brothers' brooms were standing around and lying down. And, and then his brooms stood up and they all paid, made obeisance to him. Then another time he dreamed that he, the sun and the moon were all run about him. And they said, well, does that mean that you will rule over us? Does that mean that you rule? And Joseph cherished this dream. He allowed this dream to guide him, to lead him. Even in times of difficulty, God has shown you some childhood dreams. As you were a child, you had certain dreams. Consistently, you had these dreams. Let those dreams guide you. Let those dreams lead you. Though you are in trouble, though you feel like you are in prison, let the dreams guide you. Let the dreams lead you. Though you feel like your hands are tired. Though you feel like you are in a bad relationship. Let the dreams guide you. Because it is God who is calling you. Hallelujah. The divine call of Joshua. When Moses sent him. The next one. The divine call of Joshua. When Moses sent him. Verse 17. uh, Exodus 17 and verse 9. He says, And Moses said unto Joshua. Joshua. Choose us out, men, and go out. Fight with Amalek. 
Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my, in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Hallelujah. I believe you have heard this story before. But you see, when you, when you serve under a man of God, that, that, that servanthood, that ability to be served or to serve someone that you can be sent. He says, the divine call of Joshua, when Moses sent him, Joshua was someone that Moses would call and send. Moses would send him anywhere. Sometimes, you see, you are, you are in a church and the man of God can send you anywhere and then your wife will, why do you let him send you around like a small boy? Do you see? Why do you, le- why do you let him send you like that? Do you know you are even older than him? Why, do, why does he send you like that? Why does he call you and say, stand up, get up, come? Why does he call you like that? It's not that someone just loves to send. Sometimes, the thing you can do it yourself, but sometimes you ask somebody to do it. And as you are being sent, go and come, go and come. As Aaron was being sent, Joshua was being sent, go and come, go and come, go and come. It looked as if he was just being a small boy. Moses has a headache. He says, go and get me Tylenol. He says, I left my phone in the car. Go and get it. I left this here. Can you go and visit this person? Can you call this person? And he's sending you around like that. It's a call that God is leading you on to. I say, it is a call. Avail yourself to be sent. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. Look at that. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. He says, now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, look at that. This is Joshua who has been sent back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now, the Bible says, Miriam, after the death of Moses, after Moses died, he says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, we are not talking about another Moses. We are talking about the servant of the Lord. It came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. You see, Moses' minister. Now, when he says minister, it's someone that serves you. Someone that you send around. Someone that ministers to you. So, this person that has been sent back and forth, you would think that when Moses dies, God will turn to the elders who were also judges, who had, had experience in judging and leading and gathering people. Do you see, Kofi? You would think that these are the people that God will call. Eric, that is what you would expect. That if Moses had died, then the next person that the Lord will use is someone with experience already. But God said, he said, the Bible said that, and it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. Look, there is nothing that the Bible puts in in the, in the word for nothing. There's no word in the Bible that is useless. What, did we not know from the previous chapters that Joshua was Moses' minister? But God is telling us again. When Moses died, God turned to speak to Moses' minister, his assistant, saying, listen to this. Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now therefore, arise. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses. As I said unto Moses. Moses' minister. Of course, do you understand the word? Moses' minister. When, when, Moses, when Moses died, God said, who was the one that was serving Moses? Who was the one that was being sent back and forth? Joshua. He's the one that he turned to. One time, when Elijah, Elijah died, Elijah died, and they gathered around the kings, and they said, now the prophet is dead. We need someone to replace him. We need someone. So somebody came and said, oh, I know someone who poured water on the hand of Elijah. He says, if we are looking for someone to replace the prophet, then there is someone in town who was the prophet's servant. If that is the case, then the anointing on the prophet got to be on him. The anointing cannot be on the co-prophet. The other prophets who were in town, the anointing ought to be on the one who was serving the prophet. The one who was being sent back and forth. And that's when they called Elisha. Hallelujah. Let me give you one last one. The divine call of Samuel by staying in the church and being trained to recognize God's voice, which sounds like a man's voice. Are you tired or you want one more? The divine call of Samuel by staying in the church and being trained to recognize God's voice, which sounds like a man's voice. Verse 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. I want you to pay attention. This is our last one. We, are, we will go home in, in a few minutes. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. That means that it was not easy to hear the word of God easily those days. At the time where Samuel was growing up. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place. How many of you know about Samuel? You know the story. How many of you know about Samuel? How many of you do not know about Samuel? You don't know about Samuel. Lift up your hand so I'll give you a background story. Wonderful. So Samuel was, Samuel was a son of a woman called Hannah who, had, who could not have a child. He could not have a child. And this woman prayed and prayed and prayed. And he made a promise to the Lord. That, Lord, if you give me a child, I will dedicate this child to you. So, when God blessed her with a child, she went to the temple and she dedicated the child. She left the child. When she had weaned the child, she left the child in the church for the child to grow up in a mission, in a mission house. And that is Samuel. 
So Samuel grew up in a church. Now, this story that we are reading was a stage in Samuel's life when he was still a young boy in the church. And so the Bible says, so what we are learning is how Samuel learned to recognize God's voice by growing up in the church, by being in the church. That is what we are reading. And so that is where we are. So he says, First Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. He says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Now Eli was the chief priest. He was the senior priest in the, in the church. And he is the one that brought up Samuel in the temple. So he says, And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. People could not just have visions like earlier days. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim. So Eli was getting old and he was sleeping in his bedroom that he could not even see. Now his eyes were so dim, he was an old man that he could not even see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel lay down to sleep by the temple, by the ark of the Lord, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. So Samuel was sleeping, and he heard a voice, and he said, Here am I. And he ran to Eli, he ran unto Eli, and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. So Samuel heard a voice, and he says, Samuel, and he went to Eli, and he went to his senior or his father in ministry. He went to him, and he says, here am I, because you called me. I heard you call me. And he said, I called not. This is Eli. Eli said, I did not call you. Lie down again. Go to sleep. I didn't call you. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again. Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son. I did not call you. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto Samuel. Listen carefully. Samuel heard a voice. He heard someone calling him. And he ran to Eli. And Eli said, I didn't call you. So go back to sleep. And then he went to sleep again. Eric. And then he heard the same voice. So he woke up again. And he went to Eli. Now what do you think? Why did Samuel always hear a voice and went to Eli? It means, it means that the voice that Samuel was hearing sounded like Eli's voice. Samuel would have gone to the window to look. Who is calling? Who is this? Who has come in the house? Is there someone? Is there a visitor in the house? Who is this voice for? But each time he heard a voice, he went to Eli. Could it be, could it be that the Lord's voice to you may sound like your pastor's voice? 
Could it be that as your pastor opens his mouth to speak, you may hear his voice, but indeed you are hearing God's voice. Samuel heard each time. Man, then I tell you, God does not put anything in his word for nothing. The Bible could have said, God called Samuel three times, and each time he went to Eli. But God took his time. God took his time, and he put it down. That He called Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel responded, and Samuel went each time to Eli. And he says, you did call me. I heard your voice. You can't say you did not call me. I heard it clearly. I am not dreaming. I heard your voice. Was Eli calling Samuel? Who was calling Samuel? God was calling Samuel. God was calling Samuel. But each time, Samuel heard Eli's voice. Each time, Samuel heard Eli's voice. So he said, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord's voice. Samuel did not know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Hallelujah. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. Don't you think, don't you think that this time he would have waited to hear some difference in the voice? How many times would you tell me you didn't call me and each time I am hearing clearly your voice? I know you are an old man, you have this creaky voice and it is you. But you don't like your pastor's voice. You don't like your pastor's, you own your pastor's voice. If it is God's voice, your pastor should speak like, Baya somewhere, 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 my son. That is when you say that it is God's voice. And who said that God's voice is supposed to be a bass anyway? God made music and you have a better voice. If you think your voice is nicer, God's voice should be nicer. Not croaky voice like we make to believe. That God's voice should be somewhere. <laughs> Have you listened to those scriptures when they are reading the Bible on the see they think that God's voice should be certain way? God's voice is sounds like your pastor's voice. I say God's voice, it sounds like your pastor's voice. God's voice, they will come to your ear like your pastor's voice. If you only hearken, you will hear the voice of God. You will hear the voice of God. So he says, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Eli now perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be. If he called thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So go. You may hear that same voice. You may hear your pastor's voice again. You may hear the voice that sounds like your pastor. But if you will say, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. So he went to lie down. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. 
And the Lord came and stood and called us at other times. The same way, the same voice. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak for thy servant hear it. Speak for thy servant hear it. Speak for thy servant hear it. This time, he did not run to Eli. This time, a senior minister who recognized, who recognized that when you hear a voice that sounds like your pastor, it is God talking to you. When you hear a word of God that is ministered in church and it comes to your heart like that and it sounds like an ordinary man that is standing before you, not so great, not so wonderful, but ministering to you, it is the voice of God. It is the voice of God. And if only you can hearken and listen and hear and say that, he said that, receive your healing. And you say, here, Lord, heal me. I receive my healing. And he says, prosperity is coming into your life. And you say, I believe it and I receive it. For it is coming from a man of God. And I'm taking it as though God is speaking to me. It shall come to pass in your life. The prophecy that you believe is the prophecy that shall come into your life. Hallelujah. So when someone responded and he said, speak, Lord. All he needed was this key. All he needed was a key for a man of God. A, 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 a seasoned minister. An advanced, an, 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 an old minister. A senior minister to point him out to the voice of God. A senior minister to say that there is an art of hearing. You need to learn it. There is an art of hearing and I've written it and you need to read it. There is an art of hearing. There's a way that we hear the voice of God. If only you will learn it. If only someone will teach you. If only you will take it seriously. You hear the, God, the voice of God. So when Samuel responded and he said, speak Lord, thy servant hear it. What happened in the next verse? What happened? He said, and the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. You see, then the Lord began to speak. The Lord began to pour into his life what he wanted him to do. What he wanted him to do. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. It opened the voice of God unto the man's life. It opened the voice of God to the child Samuel's life. Speak, Lord, thy servant here. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand unto your feet. Stand unto your feet this afternoon. Speak, Lord, thy servant here. Oh, thou art called thy servants. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yes. You say there are many that you have called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but you have chosen few. Give us the ears to hear you. Let us hear our calling. Let us walk in the calling. Let us receive from the ministers that you have given us. Open our eyes, Lord, to behold wondrous things out of thy law. Father, speak to us. For we hear it. Though the word may come through the chosen servant, let us receive it. We say you will be to Aaron as though God is to him. Father, let us receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. Help us, oh Jesus. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. 
Where is our calling? Where is our calling? He says he has called many. He has called you. He has called you. If only you will hearken. If only you will hear. If only you will obey. If only you will do. Someone said, speak Lord. Thy servant heareth. And he opened up and he spoke to him. He opened up to speak to him. Oh yes. He opened up to speak to him. Yes. Are you prepared to hear? Oh, where is your calling? Maybe your calling is embedded in another minister's calling. Maybe your calling is within someone else's calling. Maybe you are called to be a helper. You are called to be a singer. You are called to assist. You are called to be a prayer warrior. To pray for the man of God. To pray for the church. To pray for somebody. That is your calling. Oh, would you sit well in your calling? Would you fulfill that calling? Oh, yes. Maybe you are called to perform miracles. Oh, yes. It does not make you better than the main pastor that the Lord has called. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Oh, yes. Help us, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. As we serve, let our calling come within the servant hole. As Joshua was sent to and fro, his calling was within. As Aaron responded and prayed to assist Moses, his calling was within. In the ministry of assistance. Yes. Lord, speak to me. If there's anything that is withholding my call, oh Lord, speak to me. Let me hear. Open my eyes that I can see. Open my ears that I can hear. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Yes, I'm listening. Lord, speak to me. I'm listening, Lord. Speak to me. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yes. In my life, the belongs to you today. I'm listening, Lord. Speak to me. Listening, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, for how long shall we run away from the calling? Oh, Jesus. Many have we called. Many of us have you called. Some of us through dreams. Father, some of us through unnatural occurrences. Lord, some of us you have called to assist. But Lord, we want a ministry of our own. We want to be on our own. Lord, some of us are called just to assist what is going on. Just to assist somebody. If only we will hear and we will walk in the calling. Some of us, our calling is just to give to support the ministry. Father, we are searching. We are searching our places to find you. But here you are in our midst. And we don't seem to recognize you. Because we do not recognize your voice. Because we did not know you yet like Samuel. But Lord Jesus, if there's anything in our lives tonight, this afternoon, that prevents us from just saying, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Father, help us to say these words. Help us, Lord, to turn aside and look at the unnatural occurrence, how you delivered us. Father, we did not deserve to be alive today. But you saved us. We do not deserve to have what we have today. We do not deserve to be where we are today. Lord, we escaped gunshots. We escaped knives. We escaped drowning in oceans. Oh, Jesus, you have delivered us. You have taken us, oh God, from the miry clay. Oh, let us turn aside. And let us look and observe and see the calling. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. The God of this world has blinded our eyes. That is, we see, but we cannot perceive. We hear, but we cannot hear. Oh, Jesus. Have mercy upon your children. Have mercy upon our children. 
Oh Jesus, this afternoon we hearken to you. And we say, speak Lord, thy servant hear it. Speak Lord, thy servant hear it. Let us hear you, oh Jesus. Pour out your spirit. You say in the last days, you pour out your spirit. Upon our sons and our daughters. Pour out your spirit. You say even on your handmaiden and your servant, would you pour out your spirit? Lord, pour out your spirit. For the young ones shall prophesy. The old ones shall see visions. Lord, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Let your children hear you. Speak to us in our dreams and in our visions. Let us hear you. Oh, Jesus. We hearken to your voice this afternoon. Let not the anointing be removed from our lives. Because we are not experienced yet like Samuel. As you were persistent with your call upon Samuel. Lord, show us kindness. Be merciful to us. And be persistent in your call. Until we hear you. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. In the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here this afternoon. You are not born again. Before we do that, if there's anyone here, you feel the call of God is upon your life. You feel that you have had an unnatural, an unusual encounter. You feel that there's some dream that you have had and you have not had it once but multiple times. You feel the call of God is upon your life. You feel that you are called to assist somebody. If you are here like that, you feel strongly the call of God is upon your life. Wherever you are, just lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Wherever you are, the Lord is here to pour out His Spirit upon you. It may not come as an unusual voice. It may come just like the voice of a pastor. It may come just like the voice of a man. But the Lord is talking to you this afternoon. He says, my son, my daughter, that voice is my voice. What you hear is my voice. That dream is a dream that I visited you with. Oh, that calling. It was me calling you. When I delivered you, I had a plan for your life. I had a purpose for your life. When I brought you into that land, I have a call for you. I chose you and I anointed you to help. Yes. Father, receive the hands that are lifted up. Look upon these hands, oh my Lord and my God. Look upon these hands, oh my God. As you minister to Samuel, oh my Lord, minister to these ones. Let the Spirit of God come upon the lives of these ones. Let the Spirit fill them, oh Jesus. Let your Spirit come upon them. Let them not live here the same, oh Jesus. Yere ma shanta Mandele masore bre shandele makabaya la mama Bresa la makabaya andala makamaya la ma Mayandala makabaya la ma sandele bele bele Mandele ba keep your hand here this afternoon Jesus Christ is not your savior You have not given your life to Jesus If you are here this afternoon you want to give your life to Jesus You say I want to give my life to Jesus I want to receive Christ in my life Maybe you come to church every Sunday. But you know deep in your heart that you are very far from Jesus. 
You are very far from God. If you were to die today, you are not even sure where you will go. If that is you, this afternoon, I'm giving you this great opportunity. Why don't you lift up your right hand with all eyes closed, every head bowed. You say, I feel very far from Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is your prayer, do not leave this place without giving your life to Christ. You may not have that opportunity again. You may not have that opportunity again. He said, be sure of your salvation. Be sure of your salvation. If that is your prayer, I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are. Just lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice you made for us even whilst we were still sinners. Lord, you sacrifice. You lay down your life for us. We are grateful unto you. We thank you for your word that continues to light our path. We thank you, Lord Jesus. May you keep us. Preserve us. Deliver us from the wicked one. Deliver us from his subtlety. Deliver us from his lies. Deliver us from his deception. Deliver us from bad counseling in the name of Jesus. Deliver us from ungodly counsel. Deliver us from the counsel of the ungodly. Lord, may you keep us. May your word be a guide unto us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.